So in World War II, there was something called the Kinder Transport. Kinder Transport were tens of thousands of kids, aged between 10 and 12 about. Most of them were not bar mitzvah. And they took these kids, they saved them, they sent them to England, and they saved their lives. So about 40 years ago, there was an old man who was a part of that Kinder Transport. In the 80s this was. And he did an interview, a live interview. And he was talking about the experience. He was a 12-year-old boy. This was, you know, somewhat uh, 30 years later, 40 years later, whatever the number was. From the 40s to 80s, about 40 years later. And he was discussing, he was discussing how they came, all the little boys, they were taken, and he was talking. And he explained to the person doing the interview that when they came to England, there was such a deep homesickness, which I'm sure some of you are like, I know what homesickness feels like right now. But this was like a 12-year-old boy being grabbed from their parents to a foreign country and never to hear from their parents again, most of them. They were happy that they were alive and they were very, very homesick. And they were crying and they weren't happy. But in England, they were supposed to take care of these kids. And it didn't help if you have all these 12-year-old children just sitting here and not eating and not sleeping and not doing anything. So they slowly, they slowly made relationships with them and set them to different houses and different families. And they slowly, maybe they bribed them a little bit and they slowly, and most of the boys, most of the girls, they bought into the system. There was one boy, Daniel, Daniel, depends where you come from, that didn't buy in. Homesick crying, never would be calmed down. Day after day, and they kept on trying. And it was, it was interesting because all the other kids, after so many months, eventually warmed up. And eventually, they, they didn't, God forbid, forget about their parents. But, you know, they moved on at some level. But this boy, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Finally, different people tried asking this, that. And finally, someone said, what do you want? What do you want? Tell us, what do you want? We'll help you. He said, I want a meeting with the king. I want a meeting with the king, the king of England. King George, I think it was the sixth, fifth maybe. Never know. Make up a number. I want a meeting. So he said, great, we're going to make you a meeting. And they promised the boy, we're going to make you a meeting on this date. And it was known that this King George the sixth, he would go around to different towns and he would, he would meet with the people. He was a new king at the time. If anyone knows history, this makes, makes sense. For the rest of us, we'll just take the story's word for it. And... So he said, great, he was so excited. And the day came and he went out to the town square and he was told the king's coming and this is his time. And the boy is sitting there waiting and waiting for the king. And as the time gets closer, he starts seeing, wait, other people are here also. I thought this was a private meeting. And slowly more people are coming in, more people are coming in. Before he knows it, he's sitting in, uh, you know, Times Square with uh, 10,000 people all waiting. Then he realizes they didn't make a meeting for the king with me. The king is coming. And they told me to come and I'll get the wave at the king like everyone else. And he was... He was extremely disappointed. What could he do? So he waited and waited and finally the king came. And everyone is so excited and they're waving at this. And this boy from all the pain, obviously without so much thought, jumps the barricade and makes a mad dash for the king's chariot. He needs to talk to the king. That's it. And of course, we're talking about a king here. You know, there's all the guards and all the other people. And they quickly tackle the the boy and they handcuff him. And they're about to, you know, drag him away. But it made quite a commotion. I guess back then it wasn't so common to these things. Nowadays, whatever. You know, protests and whatnot. But back then this was extreme. And the king heard what was going on. And the king turns to people and says, what, what, what's going on out there? And they, they, they pointed to like the little boy on the floor under all the guards, like pulling him away. He says, stop, stop, stop. He calls out to the guards. Okay. Guards stop. And the boy's sitting there. And the king motions for the boy to come to him. Come, come. I want to talk to you. Boy stands up, he brushes himself off, 
the moment he's been waiting for his whole life. And he comes up to the king. And the king says, what can I do for you? What exactly do you need? Why did you do something so crazy? Jump the barricades, come talk to me. And the boy, obviously at this point, is dumbstruck. Can't say a word. And he's thumpering and a little 12-year-old kid. And the king says, it's okay. It's okay. What do you need? What's so important to you? Whatever you need, I'm the king. I could do it for you. And the boy says, I, 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 I miss my parents. And the king says, I know, I know, it's so hard. It's so hard. But what would you like? And the boy turns to the king and finally he says, I want you to bring me my parents. And the king says, your parents from Germany? We're in the middle of a war. I can't just bring your parents. The boy says, but you told me you're the king. You could do anything. And the king was obviously moved by this 12-year-old child. And the king says, I'll do my best. And that was the end of it. And they parted ways. And a few days later, there was a knock on this orphanage house's door. And his parents were there. And the king saved his parents. And this boy's parents were the only parents of all those 10,000 kids that survived. And when this man is in the interview's office in the 80s, he's talking, he starts crying. And the person interviewing him says, what's wrong? Because they all assumed that he was that boy. And the interviewer says, what's wrong? What's wrong? And the man is bawling and, he starts, and he's mumbling. He's mumbling, why didn't I do it? Why didn't I do it? I could have done it. And everyone's listening. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? And finally, the man comes down, this older man, and he says, I was standing right next to that boy. I could have jumped the barricades also. I could have saved my parents. I missed the opportunity. Sometimes we have opportunities in life. Sometimes we have opportunities that we could jump the barricade and talk directly to the king. Those are opportunities that when you miss them, the rest of your life you spend regretting.